I am Father Chris Aylar, the Marian Fathers here at the National Shrine of the Divine Mercy, and welcome back to Living Divine Mercy here on EWTN. The church does not teach dogmatically that our pet dogs and other animals will or will not be in heaven. Some say they will be because the scriptures described animals at peace in the new creation. Isaiah 11, 6 says the wolf will dwell with the lamb, for example. But is this literally true, and will our pets be in heaven with us one day? Yes, Isaiah saying the wolf will dwell with the lamb may only be symbolic, because while it is true that every living thing has a soul, yes, plants have vegetative souls and animals have appetitive souls, only humans have rational souls, and we call them spirits. Animals do not have these. St. Thomas Aquinas said that although plants and animals have souls, that's what animates your body, anything alive has that soul, making them alive, only humans have rational, immortal souls, or spirits, that are eternal. Because of this, he said there will only be human souls from this earth in heaven. Now, we know there are already some animals in heaven, like the horse that Jesus will ride on the clouds during his second coming. But these animals were never particular pets here on earth. So, there will be dogs in heaven, for example, just not my particular dog, Rocky. However, even Thomas Aquinas was not always right. He did argue against the dogma of the Immaculate Conception, for example. But others agree with him, such as great theologian Jimmy Aiken, who says that standard theological analysis is that our pet animals will not be in heaven. But he says the church has not taught this in a binding or official way. My favorite philosopher, Peter Kreft, says, why not expect to see animals in heaven? And he cited C.S. Lewis's theory about animals sharing in the salvation of their human masters as humans share in the life of Christ. Many have noted that pets may be gifts of God to help people. So some pets may be waiting for their masters in heaven because the pet wasn't an animal but actually an angel assigned to them. Wow, I'm not so sure about that, but it's amazing to think about. Why? Because Scripture is clear that angels have appeared as human beings with apparent bodies. So there's nothing to prevent them from also appearing under different forms of creatures, for example. In fact, John Bosco believed that his dog, Grigio, was actually his guardian angel. And St. Faustina saw demons, who are fallen angels, under the appearance of a pack of black dogs. So why can't they also be angels? Angels can arrange matter to look like whatever God wants. So this belief isn't against church teaching. The Holy Spirit appeared as a dove in all four Gospels. So there's no reason in principle that an angel could not appear in animal form. So will animals be in heaven? Okay, since God is outside of time, all of creation, past, present, and future, is present before God 
They are present to God simultaneously in all eternity. That means that every animal, every living thing that ever existed or will exist is before God all at once. All of creation depends on the love and memory of God for existence. And the love and memory of God are eternal, lasting forever. So God sees it all like a painting on a canvas, and each thing is like a brushstroke. Even your pet is a brushstroke on that eternal canvas that God has painted. So if that is the case, it makes sense that the animals will remain and not be exterminated from existence. Why? Because God created them, and that means they are on his eternal canvas. As C.S. Lewis says, the things that are part of our earthly lives may well also be part of our eternal lives. He noted that during apparitions, saints appear clothed as they were in their earthly life with tools or objects associated with them. Now, if non-living things like clothing have a place in heaven because of their connection to people, there's no reason to exclude living things like pets as well. Regarding the question if there are animals in heaven, Peter Kreft says, why not? Scripture seems to confirm this. Thy judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast, thou savest, O Lord. That's Psalm 36. And in his work, The Problem of Pain, C.S. Lewis supposes that animals are saved in their masters as part of their extended family. He says we were meant from the beginning to have stewardship over the animals. This is the first chapter of Genesis. But since we have not fulfilled that divine plan yet here on earth, it seems likely that that right relationship with animals will happen in heaven. This is what Lewis calls petship. However, on the flip side, as I heard Father Mike Schmidt say, if you need your pet in order to be happy in heaven, God will give you your pet. But if you need your pet that much, you're probably not ready for heaven. As you know, I personally had to make a choice uh, to be a priest or stay in North Carolina, get married, and keep my dog, Rocky. My friends tease me that giving up Rocky was the hardest thing of all for me to do, and I'm not so sure about that. Uh, you see, here is Rocky, the most awesome yellow lab ever. I got him as a nine-week-old pup, and he went everywhere with me. Now, here's cameraman Giuseppe's dog, also named Rocky. This really is his dog. I, I'm telling you the truth. So which dog do you think will get to heaven? <laughs> so, you know, I, I do miss Rocky. He died shortly after I was ordained a priest, but I got to see him one last time on a weekend visit years ago. And in some way, I hope to see him again. But if not, does that mean I won't be happy in heaven? No, I will be and you will be too. Remember, it is God who is the fulfillment of all our desires, not our pets. That is why Jimmy Aiken points out that while it has been the consensus of theologians that animal souls will not survive death, he says this is only theological opinion and not the teaching of the church, meaning it is not in the catechism. That's interesting. Of course, we all agree that even if animals are in heaven, they do not behold the beatific vision as we do. 
So please keep that in mind. The dignity of animals is to be respected, but not equal to or more important than human life. The Catechism tells us this. While it says man has dominion over other living beings granted by God, it is not absolute, meaning we need a religious respect for the integrity of creation. Animals are God's creatures too. He surrounds them with his providential care, and by their mere existence, they bless him and give him glory. That's Matthew 6 and Daniel 3. Remember St. Anthony's donkey that genuflected before the Eucharist? Thus, men owe them kindness. We should recall the gentleness with which saints like St. Francis or St. Philip Neri treated animals. Yes, it is legitimate to use animals for food and clothing, and they may be domesticated to help man in his work and leisure. And medical and scientific experiments on animals is morally acceptable if it is humane and remains within reasonable limits and contributes to the caring and saving of human lives. <clears throat> but it is contrary to human dignity to cause animals to suffer or die needlessly. Well, except for mosquitoes. Okay, just kidding. So let's give thanks to God for the gift of our animal companions and treat them properly, hoping that in some way God will allow them to always remain a part of us. Now, one of the favorite things I used to do with Rocky is take him to the nursing home to visit with sick and elderly people. Let's hear a story about Canines for Christ, who uses this same great ministry to help the sick. God spoke to me one morning in 2007 to uh, start a ministry using therapy dogs. And the word that he spoke to me was therapy dogs. At that time in my life, I didn't have a dog. But he said, trust me and obey me and he will direct my paths. And he did. Now we have 1,200 dogs and volunteers throughout the world, 38 states and six foreign countries. Canines for Christ visits almost any place that is acceptable to the therapy dog. The nursing homes, special needs facilities, rehab facilities, veterans hospitals, 911 centers. We do a lot of work with crisis response situations. For God so loved the world, Canines for Christ does visitations to people who are hurting, either sick or lonely or in need. We share the love of Christ with people who, some live in group homes and they don't get to go to church. They don't get to sing and praise the Lord and they don't get to hear a sermon of God's word. So this takes the place of that and this is their weekly serving of God. Over the years, I've done hundreds, maybe a thousand visitations with my dogs. A typical visit could be hospital, hospice, special needs, long-term care facility, memory care. 
We even go to places like the police departments, the fire stations, even the airports, anywhere people are in stress. We are so comfortable around dogs because our dogs give us unconditional love. It's the key. We can't love each other unconditionally, but the dogs do love us unconditionally. And when people see the dogs, it makes them think of their dogs and the barriers are broken. And we get to have wonderful conversations, even prayer and witnessing, because the barriers have been broken. The Uvalde shooting, where 21 students and teachers were killed, after that, we were invited through our Texas office to go and visit with the victims, families, and the community as they were mourning and grieving the loss of those special people. Lots of times, Canines for Christ will come in in the morning. Um, the members are a little bit stressed out because they've just been dropped off. When the door opens and the dog comes in, whatever's going on ceases to occur, no matter what we're doing. And the dog takes over, goes and visits the, the member, and they immediately become calm. The dogs are a calming effect because lots of times when you have dementia or you are stressed out or you're confused, um, you have certain behaviors. And when the dog comes in, those behaviors stop. They're focused on petting the dog because dogs love them unconditionally. Well, we've learned that there, it's no accident that DOG is backwards from GOD because we say that dogs are the best reflection of God's love. They're unconditional. They don't look at height, weight, color, religion. They don't care. They don't care if you're disabled or not. The largest challenge we had starting the ministry was finding more volunteers to join this amazing ministry. As the Bible says, the laborers are few, but the challenges are many, and we need more volunteers and still that way. For anyone out there that's interested in our ministry, caninesforchrist.org is the webpage. Click on volunteer, then scroll down to getting started. Truthfully, if your dog is friendly, loves people, doesn't jump on, up on people, doesn't bark, and isn't aggressive, then your dog is gonna be a good therapy dog. People react to all different types of animals, but the reason why is because the animals have unconditional love. They don't have any prejudices. And when the animal comes into the presence of a human being, the natural reaction is to pet or calm this. It makes feel person feel good about themselves to have the love of an animal in front of them. It's a beautiful way of God creating this gift that he gives to us. We're talking about the love of Jesus Christ. It's, it's love far beyond what we can even imagine, divine and mercy, because every one of us have done so many things wrong and do every day. And every day he, he covers us because he loves us so much and he wants to spend eternity with us. I'm just so grateful for God's mercy every day of my life. I need it, I ask for it, and I believe I receive it. 
Divine mercy in, is God's love that he gives people as he forgives sin. And the merciful grace that he does that is through the blood and sacrifice of Jesus on that cross. I wrote a book and it's called Finding Grace. And it's a journey of God's powerful grace in a man's life in the country and the world through the use of a therapy dog. This work is important because we are being obedient to God's command in reaching out to those who are poor or sick or hurting. We are trying to be the hands, feet, and paws of, of God. This is a provable method to leading people to Christ because the barriers are broken and they see the love. Many different people need the message of God's unconditional love and we do it through the use of a beautiful animal, the dog. Well, thank you. What a great ministry and one that I would love to do more of myself again. Now, let's hear from Father Allen what the scripture says all about the animals in Noah's Ark. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it in inside and out with pitch. At first glance, the story of Noah and the flood does not seem to show God in a very good light. After all, he wiped out almost the entire human race, including children, because humanity had become full of corruption and violence. The New Testament, though, suggests that many souls were ultimately saved for eternal life by perishing in the flood before being corrupted by a sinful society. Ultimately, the flood is not primarily a punishment story, but one about second chances. Rather than wiping out sinful humanity altogether, God rescues a faithful remnant of eight persons, Noah and his family, from the deluge of wickedness all around them. These survivors become the foundation of a fresh start for the world. Although our world may be a dark place at times, God can turn things around through the faithfulness of merely a few people, just as he fed the multitudes in the wilderness with just five loaves and two fish. With God's mercy, there is always a reason for hope. Now let's hear saints in focus as we hear about the greatest of all the saints in regards for love of the animals, St. Francis. Hi, I'm Father Mark Barron of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and this is Saints in Focus, St. Francis of Assisi. Do you love pets as much as I do? Then you have a real friend in St. Francis. On his feast day, October 4th, 
the blessing of the animals is held in churches around the world. Francis was a warrior turned peacemaker. Born in 1182, the son of a wealthy merchant, he was a soldier. During his capture and imprisonment, he experienced a vision from Christ which transformed his entire life. Upon his release, he renounced his privileged lifestyle, abandoning everything for Christ. In fact, his father was so upset, he disinherited him. He embraced a life of poverty, wore tattered clothes and begged for food. His dynamic preaching of the gospel attracted followers. In 1209, with the blessing of the Pope, he founded the Friars Minors, the Franciscans, so named as they were to consider themselves as least among religious. Within 10 years, he had 5,000 brothers. Out of humility, Francis never accepted the priesthood, but remained a deacon all his life. He was the first recorded person to receive the stigmata, the five wounds of Jesus, and received those in 1224. He died on October 4th, 1226, and was canonized just two years later. But what about the animals? He had a great love for nature and God's creatures and called them his brothers and sisters. My two favorite stories involve birds and a wolf. In his lovely sermon to the birds, Francis offered a pointed life lesson. My little sisters, the birds, he said, you owe much to God, your creator, and you ought to sing his praise at all times and in all places because he has given you liberty to fly about in all places. Two of all your species he sent into the ark with Noah that you might not be lost to the world, besides which he feeds you, though you never sow nor weep. He has given you fountains and rivers to quench your thirst, mountains and valleys in which you take refuge, and trees in which to build your nest, so that your Creator loves you much, having thus favored you with such bounties. Beware, my little sisters, of the sin of ingratitude, and study always to give praise to God. And then there's the story of the fierce wolf of Gubbio, who terrorized the village people and attacked their livestock. No one could tame or control this beast until Francis came along and said, Brother Wolf, you have done much evil in this land, destroying and killing the creatures of God without his permission, and have even dared to devour men, made after the image of God, for which thing you are being hanged like a robber and a murderer. All men cry out against you, the dogs pursue you, and all the inhabitants of the city are your enemies. But I will make peace between them and you, O brother wolf, if so be you no more offend them. And they shall forgive you all your past offenses. Neither men nor dogs shall pursue you anymore. With that, the wolf bowed his head and begged for mercy. Francis took his paw and all was peaceful. Wow, talk about a powerful saint. Saint Francis of Assisi, patron of animals in the natural world, pray for us. Now let's finish with our diary gems. We always love hearing Father Joe Roche. And this is Saint Faustina talking about her vision of heaven and all the creatures she saw there. 
Today I was in heaven, in spirit, and I saw its inconceivable beauties and the happiness that awaits us after death. I saw how all creatures give ceaseless praise and glory to God. I saw how great is happiness in God, which spreads to all creatures, making them happy. And then all the glory and praise which springs from this happiness returns to its source, and they enter into the depths of God, contemplating the inner life of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, whom they will never comprehend or fathom. This source of happiness is unchanging in its essence, but it is always new, gushing forth happiness for all creatures. Now I understand St. Paul, who said, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us on this great talk about God's gift of pets. Now, please be with us next week. Unfortunately, it is a topic we need to address, but we don't like to talk about, and that is suicide. Did a show before on the teaching of the church, but this is more about a personal story of my grandmother and all of you who have lost someone to suicide. So until then, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>